0: welcome to the daily bible podcast the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the word this is a ministry of compass bible church in north texas and if you'd like to join along with our daily bible reading program you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the daily bible reading tab thanks for joining in for today's episode of the daily bible podcast
1: happy thursday i thought you were gonna say happy birthday happy thursday not birthday. It's almost Turkey day. Hey, I have a few Turkey songs. There's a Turkey song by, uh, by Matt West. It's hilarious.
0: Thanksgiving song. It's hilarious. I listened to it. Abe Kim sent that to us. Thank you, Abe. And, uh, yeah, it's hilarious. You should listen to it. That's a great song.
1: And I think, uh, so we're going to do it for church this Sunday. No, we're not. Um, oh, we're not. No, we already, the bands already been practicing. Well, we are Gobble, gobble one, <laughs> gobble, gobble two.
0: <laughs> something about getting jelly in my belly. Yeah. Uh, oh, mama, my, my, with that cranberry jelly, something yeah. like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So actually, was- we 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 caught that song. I think for the first time last year, and it's it's a tradition. We bring it out every every Thanksgiving because it's such a great song.
0: Yeah. And Trump is in there. Yes, in the Trump. Video. And they're Biden. having a food fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna start a food fight with some pilgrim lady this Thanksgiving. Hey, do you know where Thursday comes from? I was thinking Thor. It. it. does. Yeah. Oh, man. Talk about stealing my thunder. Sorry. No. Where does it, it come it? from? Get it? Oh, uh, I did not. It's good recovery. Uh, yeah. No, it's from uh, a Norse name for, yeah, Thor's day. It's, it's Thor's day. I think all of the days actually
1: come from pagan mytholo- uh, mythological gods. Uh, so I th- Thor is the one I remember because that's the obvious one. Well, Saturn. To
0: you, it was apparently not obvious S- to me.
1: S- Saturn Day. Um. So the god, the god Saturn. Uh. Let's see which other ones make sense. I, I can't
0: recall the ones that sound like their names. Those are the easy ones. Yeah. Yeah. But Thor. Yeah, Thor for Thursday. Do you know who the Roman god equivalent of Thor is? Uh, Aries. Nope. No. 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 Um. Mars. Jupiter! Dang it. Yeah, I was going to let you keep going, but then I thought, you know what, people don't tune in to listen to us talk about Roman gods. <laughs>
1: they talk, they, listen, they listen to us to talk about the true God. Yeah. i take comfort of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In other traditions, Thursday is associated with all kinds of other gods. So maybe we need to have church on Thursday just to like redeem it. Let's redeem every day of the week. What if yeah. we have
1: church Sunday through Saturday?
0: What if we just worshiped God Sunday every day. through Saturday? Every day. We should do have that. Have a service. We should do that. And worship God yeah. as a church and individually. We should start a sect of Christianity. That's all about worshiping God every single day. I think there's a, there's a sect that does do that
1: called and, Christianity. No, <laughs> no. Are, are you, are you talking? Okay. So when you say worship, I guess in my mind, I, I hear you talk about corporate, well, corporate in like song. I was trying to be song.
0: ironic. Like we should be yeah. worshiping him. I, I track, I track that now. Okay. I'm catching. Yeah. Is there a group that meets every single day?
1: Well, there's a group that has 24-7 prayer and worship.
0: Oh, IHOP? Yeah, I yep. didn't want to
1: bring them up. I don't want to give them press, but yeah. Yeah, no, they're guys. crazy.
0: Don't follow them. They're bad. Boo. <laughs> there you go. That's our commentary on them. Well, uh, yeah, they... they. Speaking of false prophets, uh, Ezekiel chapter 13, 14, and 15 is where we're going to be uh, today. I uh, just set it up. Dude, that was the Holy Spirit. If you're wow. thinking, that was the Holy Spirit moving. Yeah. What makes IHOP bad? Real quick, just get just give a brief... They believe in the continuation of God's revelation. In short, I mean that's one of the the, the issues. So the charismatics. Yes, that's yeah. that's the. That does that make them heretical? To, no, but that this particular sect is to an extreme. They are okay. Yeah. So um, just because somebody would identify themselves as a charismatic does not mean that they're heretical. But uh, good clarification. There are sects out there that are, and this would be one of them. Well, There's always a danger, isn't there? The, yes. No. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, chapter 13 of Ezekiel, you get uh, false prophets condemned. And these are the false prophets that have been with us since Jeremiah. And they're the ones that are saying, peace, peace. They've been with us since Isaiah. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. These guys be deucing all over the place. Yes. Peace. Yeah. And and, and what jumped out to me is verse 1, where it says, those who prophesy from their own hearts. And and the reason this jumped out to me this time was, how often is that the case? We're we're faced with the decision (laughs) of like, okay, do I want to believe what my heart wants or do I want to hold fast to scripture? Mm, and okay. sometimes we look at what's going on in, in the world and it's easier to, to buy into the false prog- prognostications of, oh, the economy is going to turn around or, oh, everything's going to be better and inflation's going to drop and this is going to be great and everything's fine. Or do we want to go, okay, no, I, I need to, to look square in the face what's wrong with the world and understand that there's a sovereign God over it all and it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to trust him. And so these ones are, are are bringing a message. We talked yesterday about our faith is in the then and there, not the here and now. Yeah. Their faith is in the here and now. And the here and now staying the way it was or even getting better here and now. And they're terrified of, about what will happen if it gets worse. And I think that's what leads this whitewashed wall of peace that they begin to proclaim as these false prophets.
1: Yeah, and this is one of the few places in scripture where you have uh, a prophet talking about women prophets. Yeah. In fact, those are the prophets. So there's two places where you have, prophecy out of the heart and then the first part is in verse uh, one or two can't remember which one that's one or two and then later on uh, drop down to verse 17 you see these these daughters of the people prophesying out of their hearts as well and also using magic bands and things like that which is actually something kind of common today yeah surprisingly even though our culture is increasingly secular this whole concept of of crystals and uh, other things like that. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but stuff like that is becoming much more popular, right. which is so fascinating because we're so anti-religion and anti things that are hard to quantify scientifically or empirically. So why do you think this is? To, I mean, we are seeing a resurgence. Yep. Why is that the case? Pastor PJ? Yep.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think it builds on, if you remember what a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago, the emergent church came on the scene and it, it was a flash in the pan, but it was a, it was a bright flash for a while. Yes, it was. Uh, it caught a lot of attention. And one of the things that they pulled on was a desire for the ancient. And they desi- they they tugged on people's experiential heartstrings. And I think that's what, what is appealing to people right now with this resurgence of the new age, uh, mystical, spirituality. You, you, for ex- example, if, yeah. If you go to... Um, Oh, in Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, is kind of like the 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 capital of all of this. You can get crystals. You can go on these tours to all these these natural vortexes, desert
1: seances. Yeah, where you're supposed to get like this, thin spaces. Yeah, where you interact with uh, the spiritual realm,
0: right? And I think that's what it is. It's you like smoke ayahuasca. Yeah, and then you have group visions. You visions. know a lot about this. Do we need to have a conversation? After this?
1: <laughs> I'm just aware of it. all. Yeah. all.
0: No. But I, I think it's a desire. I want to have a tangible experience. And, and contrast that with what we're talking about in our New Testament with with faith, right? Faith is the, the conviction of things not seen, the assurance of things hoped for, right? There's so much about our Christian faith that, uh, man, we walk by faith and not by sight, not by experience, not by feeling. That's not to say there's no experience in, in Christianity. There is. But we're not guided by experience. We're not led by experience. And these false religions pop up and they appeal to our desire to experience. And I think that's something that is natural to humanity. And this just happens to be the flavor of the day right now. Yeah. And
1: it's so dangerous. Very. Not because it's Not because it's false either. Uh, it's dangerous because it is, it is real. Right. It is a real engagement with demonic forces and... I would not doubt for a second if you personally have experienced, not you, pastor PJ, you, whoever's listening, have personally have experienced with some of this stuff saying, man, I experienced some, some crazy this or that. I would say, I believe you, you ought to run because that stuff is dangerous. And you you should have nothing to do with that. Gemstones, uh, crystals. I mean, and I know some of the, there's, there's been charges and ladies, please. I hope I'm not insulting you with this. I know that there's even people that do some of this magic potion concoction stuff with essential oils and, I know it's that's that's a peripheral group of people, so I'm not charging everybody who does that stuff to be on the same page, but I know that there's stuff like that. Be aware, be cautious. Even when we replace religion as a society, we don't replace it with nothing. We just replace it with different religion, usually pagan religion.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah, well, in chapter 14, we uh, find out about something else that it has to do with the heart and uh, tragically so. This is uh, an indictment on those that have taken their idols into their heart. What a unique, powerful phrase that is. It shows up multiple times in chapter 14. Uh, and it's just that the, the seriousness and the devotion and the commitment of these Israelites to false gods, uh, they, they are devoted as Deuteronomy six says, we should love the God with all of our, love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our our strength. Here you have people that are are doing that with their idols. They've taken them into their heart. This is not just an external thing. This is an internal problem, and uh, and that's why the judgment of the Lord is coming and Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, which is where He goes after this. And He identifies these three men: Noah, Daniel, and Job. And He keeps saying, if they were there, wouldn't matter. They would be spared, but everybody else would die. And I, I, again, I went back to lot in Sodom and in Gomorrah and I thought to myself, man, then this is a worse situation in Jerusalem than Sodom and Gomorrah had because God was willing to, okay, if you can find this many righteous people, then yeah, I'll spare them here. He's saying it doesn't matter. Even if they were there, they would be spared, but everybody else would die.
1: That's a scary thing to say, man. It's terrifying. And, And I wonder how, how far we are as a people. You know, whether God could say something like that to us. I think there's a lot more people here that are are good. There's churches that are doing good work, but man, we we should not take comfort in the fact that, oh man, that guy's here or that, that pastor is preaching and that guy's still alive in California and he's still doing God's work. No, man, we, we ought to be zealous for the people near us, care for those people, love them and be the salt and light that God calls us to be. Now yeah. we're, we're supposed to be preservatives. And if we're not doing that, then we're not doing our job.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about it this morning. I think we've, we've had conversations about it in the past. I, I don't know how much we've talked about it on the podcast, but maybe it's helpful PR. I know you've done some thoughts on this, but I've we, done a few thoughts. Yes. Yes. We have access to so much information and news is immediate and we can find out what's going on on, on any part of the globe where do you think we are in, in relation to the last days, the, the last, well, not, I'm not asking when you to prognosticate of Jesus, come back? <laughs> Jesus is coming back Thursday at 4 p.m. But there's something about our view of, of the depravity of man can be skewed to think that, man, we've never been this bad because we are more aware than the, of the depravity of man than we ever have been at any other time in history.
1: Yeah. And, and that's so fast. It's a good, it's a really interesting thought experiment. Do, do we really have it worse than Sodom and Gomorrah or any any of these really wicked places? Are we worse off than Babylon? Or is it because we're so inundated with bad news and have it so readily accessible that really, we just have a lot more inputs? And I, I was reading a book the other day that was making the point that the the ability that we have to receive news quickly isn't the problem. The problem is that bad news is what travels and gets clicks and attention, mm-hmm. and so what's rewarded and perpetuated is the clickbait bad news that everybody wants to hear. No one wants to see the or to read the news story about hey, the local team won the championship. Things are great. Sunny skies a day, (laughs) everything's wonderful. No, people click on the stories like, "Hey, the dollar is at the lowest point it's ever been. The economy is collapsing." Oh, we got news from from China that they have, you know, recently reestablished relations with Russia, and they're they're now exchanging currency. The bad news is what sells, and that's typically what we gravitate toward. And so, what often happens is that especially now because of the prolific proliferation of all the news media, we can effectively create a cacophony of bad news in our lives 24-7. And then what it makes us feel like is naturally, oh, man, things must be really bad. Jesus will be coming back next week. yeah. But we're not the first culture. We're not the first generation to think that very thought. Right. And so it stands to reason that maybe things aren't worse. We just have a, a lot more. We have a finger on the pulse live of what's all happening around the world, which makes you wonder what has God been like? How does God deal with that? Right. He's aware of this far more than we are. What would he do?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting during COVID. uh, There was John Krasinski, who's an actor. He put together uh, a whole video feed that he would do. I don't know if it was daily. I can't remember, but his whole show on YouTube was called some good news. And, even as an unbeliever, he he felt that tension and he just put together a show that was all about like, hey, this team won the championship, not during COVID because nobody was championing anything. No one was that. playing games. But it was all about like, here's some good news. Everybody needs to listen to and hear a little bit of good news. And it, people flocked to it because they were like, we, we're desperate to hear something that's not doom and gloom. And we don't know if the world's ever going to get back to normal and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's a reminder of the ultimate good news, the gospel, of the euangelion, which is the message that we have that is the good news, the ultimate good news to proclaim in the face of all the bad news around us. Um, and so we need to be... Let's get some more of that in our yeah, lives. let's get more of that in our lives. It's Philippians 4, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, chapter 15 then is uh, returns to the divine analogy, which... Long chapter. We've, yeah, super long which we've left behind uh, back in Isaiah, Jeremiah as well, but Isaiah 5, 1 through 7, where Israel is compared to the vine that God took care of and expected fruit from, and then there was no no fruit. And here again, his judgment is compared to uh, disposing of the fruitless vine there in chapter 15. Mm -hmm. Let's flip over to chapter 11. We get to finish it today? The book of Hebrews. Yes, we do. We do, but we covered it all yesterday. We did. You covered it. You jumped ahead, so I don't know what to say now. I did. I did. I did, because it was important. It helped. Remember, this is about looking to the then and there, not the, the here and now. Well, the names continue. There's a, a, a few names. Moses gets a lot of ink here. Yes, he does. And not wrong, wrongfully. Yeah, deservedly so. Yeah. Even his parents get some ink here. Because uh, the, uh, right away, when by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Whose, whose faith was that? It wasn't.
1: <laughs> Moses showed faith when he had his parents hit, hit, hide him.
0: Right. His mom and dad <laughs> are up in heaven going, hey, uh, God. What about me, preacher? We, we yeah we, we didn't did get that. we didn't get any any ink Janus and jambres they, they're in there and we're not in there come on i know how funny yeah but uh again these actions that were are trusting in a future and not in the now and moses is held up as one considering the reproach of christ that's interesting isn't it pastor rod that, that is interesting because i'm pretty sure jesus wasn't around at that point no he wasn't he wasn't i mean well not physically the way that we know him now true thanks for bailing <laughs> us out from heresy there because that was close for a second <laughs> Oof. people were like what pulling the e break um No, but this is a hermeneutical principle that informs us a bit of how we should interpret the Old Testament. Here you have the the writer of Hebrews looking back into the Old Testament and seeing that there is a Christological or Christocentric um, understanding of this Old Testament text and what's going on there. That that Moses was looking forward to something that ultimately would be secured by Christ, and he was choosing to identify with a, a future that would ultimately would have to do with Christ. So, in enduring the reproach of being counted with the Israelites, he was in essence enduring the reproach of Christ even though, yeah, he did not know that that was who it was that he was identifying with at the time. All right, so
1: here's a tricky, sticky one for you, Pastor PJ. Since you're the lead pastor, I'm going to send this your way. Rahab Rahab. is listed as one of the women of faith, along with her sister Sarah, not literal sister, but Sarah. She is the very person who, in the book of Joshua, lied about where the spies had come in, where they went. Yep. And it seems like God here is, or the preacher anyway, uh, by the spirit of God is saying, hey, Rahab is a good example of faith. Help us understand that when it seems like Rahab is known for lying, but here it's saying that she's commendable and she's commended for her faith. Help us un- untie
0: that, that naughty issue. Yeah, yeah. It's tricky, Um which is a. By the way, when you ever you hear a pastor say, "That's a good question," or "Oh, that's tricky," it's just they're 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 stalling. Is all that is. <laughs> is that what's tactic. happening here? This is a stall tactic too. <laughs> right. No, but it, it, let's well, t- turn it over to one of our sponsors. It does not. Yeah, let's do that real quick. Today's Commercial sponsor, break. It does not say here. It says, "By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies." It does not specifically address deceit on her behalf here. Mm. It does not say by faith Rahab lied. Yeah. It talks about how she treated the spies, that she gave them welcome, and that she hid them. Now, we may be splitting hairs in some regard there. And I, th- I think we've talked about this in a recent episode, but just to reinforce it, there are unique situations and circumstances wherein th- the question of the greater good may come to bear. Um, Corey Ten Boom, you think about her, you-, you think about situations like that. And herein, you have a situation of um, uh, some people will, will introduce the question of, of, was it a wartime scenario? Spies, is it okay for spies to go in and do what they do? It's deception, mm-hmm. but if it's the greater good, is that okay? Here you have that, that situation. And it seems that God at least commends the fact that she was, gracious towards these spies and did everything that she knew how to do in order to protect and preserve them. We also have to remember that Rahab at this time was not a God fearer in the sense of she was not part of the nation of Israel at this time. She did not possess the law. She did not know conceptually, what it was to to follow God and what God was like even in his character fully. This is still in the stages of the infancy of her understanding of the God of Israel. That would be developed more and more after God d- delivered her and spared her. But I do think there's a measure of how much is Rahab accountable to her actions based on her knowledge of God at this point in time in her understanding of him.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I think your your point should be well-received. Verse 31 does say that she she is not held in regard because of her lie but because she had given given a friendly welcome to the spies which would suggest that she she embraced them she received them she she believed what they came to say and what god came to do in fact she says as much in joshua chapter six right i think that's that's super fair i think the uh the the, the closing one of the closing lines here um verse 39 all these though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised what on earth i thought faith the assurance of the things that were hoped for? How is it possible that all these people died in faith and they're commended and yet none of them got what they
0: thought they were guaranteed, they were promised? Yeah, because look at verse 40. Since God had provided something better for us and that's mm. been the point of the whole book of Hebrews that Jesus is better and here it is. This Their faith was ultimately, like we talked about in Moses, anticipating looking forward to the deliverance that would come through Jesus and they didn't, they didn't receive that because they didn't experience that in their lifetime, but now that Christ has come, we have, and now their faith is made perfect because the object of their faith has been fully revealed in the last days. God was pleased to reveal His His Son when the fullness of time had come. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. So therein we we have a. a, a Situation here where the writer is saying they had this great faith, but their faith wasn't revealed and he's really talking to us. He's saying Mm. to us man, how much greater should our faith be now that we know who he is and that's where he's going to go in chapter 12.
1: Man, I am honored that in verse 40 that God said "I'm, I'm not going to bless them with the full realization of their faith. Apart from you guys. Right. I mean, and granted, the, the author of Hebrews is not talking to us in 2023, but he, he is by extension, by application. He's talking to his original audience, but it's true. Right. God chose not to give them what they were promised until he included the full number of those who would come to trust and believe in Christ.
0: I am, I am honored and I'm thankful for that. Super thankful. Yep. Well, hey, we're grateful for you guys tuning in again today, and we will catch you again tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible, Bible Podcast. Podcast. You owe me a Coke.